0: Welcome to the New Hope Sermon of the Week. We hope you are encouraged by this message by our special guest speaker. All right, I wanna read something that our pastor wrote a couple days ago. Uh, it was a text to our, to our staff and it's, it's, it's powerful and I wanna release it over you. I believe it's a prophetic word for now. And I love our pastor because he calls himself a pastor, but he's so freaking prophetic and he doesn't even know it. I think he does, but he doesn't wanna be that guy with titles, you know what I'm saying? So pastor, I'm gonna read this over the body. An hour or so ago while reviewing Psalms 136 for the morning Think Thanks devotional, just an incredible sense of God's presence, really overwhelming. Over and over I kept sensing hearing imminence it's here it's now it's happening come on now in this text there there are people who have known me for anywhere from three years to 40 years much like a lot of us in this building and you know I'm not given to spouting spiritual things for emotional or sensational outcomes I just won't do that that is a true statement but guys God's strong arm and outstretched hand removing and moving us and I want to add into promise I cannot remember when I have been more excited about gathering with my church family to worship. God's promises are imminent right before us. I am coming to anything and everything new hope with a sense of expectancy and anticipation and I have not held my heart for a and I have not held my heart for a very long time. So glad and thankful to be serving with you guys right now. Can we give our pastor a little bit of love? Come on. Let me tell you something, I've, I've worked with tyrants, and I've worked with fathers, and Pastor Tom is a father, amen, come on, hallelujah. All right, well, you guys ready for the word of God? All right, I haven't had a lot, a lot of time to prepare, so I'm just gonna throw it out, amen. I mean, if you're, if you're on staff in this house, if you're a young preacher, the, the scripture that says be ready in season and out of season must be a core value for your life. I've learned that, but I'm just thankful for the opportunity. Amen. All right. So the title of the message today is how to live like the devil, how to live like the devil. We're going to unpack that. But before I get started this morning, before I move into the text and before we do work in the text, I want to give you a word of caution. I want to give you a a warning that I've learned. See, a lot of people, they're more fascinated with the things of the devil than they are with Jesus. And, and let me tell you this, if you love studying about the devil more than you love studying about Jesus, then you have to look inside of yourself because there might be a little bit more nature of his in you than Christ's. And what I've learned is whatever you study, you attract. And I was, I, I've been writing for a, for a while. I've been, been getting some thoughts down And there's a couple of chapters that I've written on the person of Lucifer, on the person of of Satan, the resistor. And and, and man, I I was getting revelation. I was seeing things that I've never seen before. I was writing things that I've never heard before. And, And a few moments in, a few minutes in, I started feeling really nauseous to my stomach. I started feeling really sick. And I'm like, what is going on? The Holy Spirit spoke to me. He says the devil loves testifying about himself. He will disclose things about himself, especially if you study his attributes and his character. So I wanna wanna tell you that this morning. Don't ever begin to study about the things of the kingdom of darkness unless the Holy Spirit leads you into studying about the kingdom of darkness, amen? So I wanna give that disclaimer. Okay? Because it's really important. Whatever we study, we attract. Okay. But I feel like this is this would behoove us. This is very this is very important for us as we move into Thanksgiving, as we move into the holiday season, about being thankful. To give you a little backdrop of what we've been talking about the last few weeks, we've been talking about being thankful. The series is think thanks, and essentially. The word thanksgiving, thankfulness is eucharis. Pastor's done a phenomenal job of unpacking that word. That charis, grace, is in the middle of that word in the original language. So when when we're thankful, when we thank someone, we release grace into their life, right? What does grace do? Romans 5 says, where sin abounds, grace does what? Much more abound. So when I'm thankful to the people around me, I release grace into their situation, and when I release grace into their situation, I co-labor with the Holy Spirit, and we make that person's world bigger. That's good news, amen? But what happens when I don't co-labor with God? What happens when I unintentionally co-labor with the adversary? We do it every day. How many of you guys have fought with your spouse over the last week? Oh, Mr. Vulnerable, vulnerable up here, I'll go first. You know, leaders gotta go first, right? I mean, I always fight with my wife the night before I preach, whether I know it or not. Always. And then I'm always, I, I'm, and listen, I'm like 90% wrong all the time. I mean, I've learned that a long time ago because I can be very stubborn and I can, like, that, that's the problem when you know a lot of the word of God, you think you're always right. But really, the more you know, the, re- the more you should, should understand, the more you don't know. That's just wisdom, amen? So we're going to unpack what it means to be unthankful, right? So let me give you a great working definition. Thanklessness or not being thankful is the failure to attribute worth to some source other than me. Thanklessness is always going to connect with entitlement. Say entitlement. The best encapsulation of entitlement that I can give you, I think in the word of God, the best picture in the word of God is in Luke chapter 15. I'm gonna spare you from preaching for 30 minutes on it. I'm just gonna give you a snapshot of the overdrop of the story. The, The younger son goes to the father and says, father, give me the inheritance that falls to me. His father was still living. That was a slap in the father's face because we all know, even in this room, that we don't get our parents' inheritance until after they're dead. So essentially what the younger son was saying is, Father, you're dead to me. And that's a great working definition of entitlement. It's this, that I am the only one living in my world, everyone else is dead in my world. And when we're thankless, when we don't appropriate thankfulness, when we're thankless, then it's gonna foster a posture of entitlement. You ever been around an entitled person? Their world revolves around them. I, Pastor Brennan, she was, she was stepping all over my message this morning about being self-absorbed, about being selfish, that's, that's what it means to be entitled. And see, when you release grace in someone's life, That's the antithetical posture of being entitled because you're giving them grace. But an entitled person says, I'm the only one living in my world and I don't wanna give you grace, you need to give me grace. I don't wanna give you honor. I don't wanna give you encouragement. You owe me that. And see, let's unpack the first entitled person in the Bible. It wasn't Adam, it wasn't Eve, It actually happened before the fall. So let's go to Isaiah chapter 14. Isaiah chapter 14. Isaiah chapter 14, we're gonna start with verse 12. How you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. How you are cut down to the ground, you who weakened the nations. Watch this, listen closely. For you have said in your heart, I, everyone say, I, I "I will ascend into heaven, meaning I will exalt myself. I will exalt my throne. This is interesting. He had a throne. Uh oh. It's right there. He had a throne. I'm going to show you a couple more places. He had sanctuaries, plural. So, what's going on in heaven before he fell? So he says, I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation on the farthest sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high God. Five I statements, everyone say five. Listen, when we live a life of entitlement, we're acting just like the devil. We are Luciferian in thought and in lifestyle. When our life revolves around what I wanna do, what's best for my life, what's best for my world, and I, thought, I think about Matt Johnson, number one, I'm living like the devil. But see, Christianity, the message of faith, that Jesus Christ came to the world, we understand this in the gospels. He says, I did not come to be served, but I came to serve. What does God say? God says, I'm gonna to come to broken humanity and I'm gonna go first. If anyone had the right to be entitled, it was God. If anyone has the right to be self-absorbed, it's God, but God shows in his nature that yes, it's all about him, but he is the most man-centered person on the face of the universe because he came to die for you and he came to die for me. He came to give grace and not receive grace. Come on, if, if the church of Jesus Christ could get this in our spirit and not just have mind food, but walk this out, then culture would say, you have something that I want. The five I statements. Listen, we might have never even read this. We might not have even read this scripture, but we embody this every day. Listen, let me just say this, let me just say this. I wanna be contextual this morning. I I I wanna read your diary this morning. I I I wanna find myself moving into your space. I wanna be practical. Some of you guys have been in work environments, walking and living under Bosses and leaders, what's the difference between a boss and a leader? A boss says, You do this because I said so. A leader says, I'll do this with you and show you how to do it. A boss says, You do this because I'm the exception. The leader says, You do this because I'm the example. Come on. Yes. See, a leader is not I centered, he's you centered. A boss is I centered. You follow me because I'm over you because this is my business. This is my ministry. And listen, the kingdom of God is upside down. I love it. If you want to understand the kingdom of God, take culture and reverse it and put it, on, put it on its head. And that's the way God operates. Jesus, Listen, Jesus didn't ask for worship from anyone until he died. Meaning he said, I'm going to show you what love looks like. I'm going to show you what grace looks like. And I'm gonna show you what it looks like when I pour my life out on the altar of sacrifice. I'm gonna go first because, listen, honor can never be demanded. Honor is always freely given. When we demand honor, we're entitled because it's all about me. And God never demanded honor until after he died because he said, I went first, now you go. Come on, this is good stuff. If we can get this in our heart, we're gonna look different. If we can get this in our spirit, then we're gonna be actually what Peter says, a peculiar people, a unique people. Listen, I'm tired of normal Christianity. Listen, I wanna see burning people. I wanna see people with the word of God written on on their heart that's coming out of their pores. Listen, Christianity looks like something. It looks like New Testament, Acts 1 to 28 Christianity. Come on. I'll leave this, isn't even in my notes. What's going on with me? What's going on? Pastor Thomas, it's your fault. You made me excited, okay. So what is going on when we live like the devil? So number one, if you are entitled, then you just might be living like the devil. If you are entitled, then you just might be living like the devil. Did you understand the bridge between thanklessness and entitlement? because I don't give you grace, I want grace. I don't give you honor, I want honor. It's my world, you're just living in it. It fosters entitlement, you get it? Say yes and I'll move on. All right, let's keep going. Number two, I just got four points and then we're gonna be done. Number two, if every conversation, oh, this is gonna be good, come on. You, you better not look to your spouse. You better not look to your best friend. If you're dating someone, you better not look to the left or right or you're going to get caught. Watch this. If every conversation you have revolves back around to you, you might just be living like the devil. Come on. Come on. Come on this is communication 101. I told you this is going to be practical this morning. Listen, terrible communicators. Let me tell you why you're terrible at communicating. Ready? Say yes, pastor, tell me. It's because you're not thinking about what they're saying. You're not listening to what they're saying. You're thinking about what you want to say next because the conversation has revolved around you. Remember, it's your conversation. They're just in the room. Come on, how about your prayer life? Are you in the presence of God or is God in the presence of you? Uh-oh. Listen, I'm, I'm stepping on some toes this morning. It's cool, though. Come on, it's cool. Listen, you've been in the conversations before. And listen, listen. if someone is always talking about themselves, it doesn't matter, hey, hey, man, I had the the greatest trip at Disney World. I did, too. I've been seven times, and they tell you about it for 15 minutes. Listen, you know what you do? Listen, you be gentle. You get through it. You watch your facial expressions, and then you understand that that's probably an entitled person. I need to give them some space. Okay? But listen, we all do it because you want to know the most important thing to talk about is you. You know, the most important thing for me to talk about is me. Why? Because I know myself the best, and I want to talk about what I want to talk about. You see what we do? We see what we do? Five I statements. I'm going to do this. 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 And we live this life, and the thing is, we don't even know it. Listen, it's taken people to tell me this for me to realize this about myself. And I'm telling you, over the past few years, this has been my prayer. Listen, I know you wouldn't know this because I'm up here. This is my thing. This is what God's gifted me to do. But I'm an introvert. I really am. You can ask my wife. You can ask my closest friends in the room. You can ask my parents. I'd rather be by myself. I'd rather be my family, watch a movie. So when I'm in a conversation knowing that about myself, I want to make the person I'm talking to feel like the most important person on the face of the earth. Why is that important? It's because I'm giving grace to them. I'm giving grace to them. I'm releasing grace to them. That's what thanksgiving is. Imagine what would happen if the church left these doors and instead of preaching to the world about their sin and how much we're disp- About the things that they're doing that we don't understand. We have a conversation with them rather than condemnation over them, and we make them feel like they are the most precious person on the face of the earth. That's the gospel. That's how you're gonna win people. You're not, listen, you're not gonna win. I'm just gonna say, you're not gonna win the world with a bunch of picket signs in front of an abortion clinic. You know what you're gonna win them? when you're at the back door, weeping in intercession and saying, Jesus loves you, your life is not over. Yeah. See, I know that makes you mad. It's the truth. We're not gonna win the world by picketing. We're not gonna win the world by standing on a, uh, on a street corner telling them about themselves, what they already know. They already know they're lost, they already know they're a sinner. Listen, the. Pulpit is not to condemn people in their sin. It's to empower them never to do it again. It's to release grace over a congregation. It's to release power of a congregation. And I feel like we do this really well in this house. We do this really well in this house, meaning we set the standard up here and the grace of Jesus through the word of God comes underneath our feet and takes us to a higher level because it's his power and not our own. That's thanksgiving. When the grace of Jesus comes and it exalts you to a place higher than you were a few moments before. Come on. This is thanksgiving. You didn't know that the gospel was a gospel of thanksgiving, it is, because it's a gospel that releases grace into someone's life. Are you following me? All right, let's keep going. So number one, if you are entitled, then you just might be living like the devil. Number two, if every conversation you have revolves back around to you, you might just be living like the devil. Watch this, this can be good. Number three, if you are always in an uncommon battle with temptation, you might just be living like the devil. Sounds like Jeff Foxworthy, doesn't it? That dude made $80 million with that line. You might be a redneck. You know that dude's worth right south of $100 million? Huh? I'm just trying to be like him. You know what I'm saying? I'd love to be a preacher worth $100 million. You know what I'm saying? And my wife would give it all away. Ain't that right, baby? Come on amen amen come on so number three i know that was off track if you're always in an uncommon battle with temptation you might just be living like the devil let me bridge this gap watch this so ready thanklessness fosters what entitlement entitlement fosters you being a target for temptation you want to know why it's because when you're entitled and self-absorbed, you're a flesh junkie because you are at the center of your worship system. And if you want it, you're gonna do it. If it pleases you, you're gonna give into it. If it comforts you, you're gonna lean into it. And this is what the enemy does. He looks and he watches you and he says, I got him with every temptation because that person looks a lot like me. Entitlement fosters temptation. What do you mean, fosters temptation? Well, We all get tempted, James one says, the temptation, the trials, temptation is not from God. Every good good and perfect gift comes from above, from the father of lights, whom there is no shifting or turning of shadow. But what, each temptation comes from what? Our own lust, you know what the next word is? and enticed. Uh oh, the enemy entices the lust within. What is lust? It's a desire that's perverted by the flesh. So if you're entitled and you're at the center of your world and your world revolves around what you want, the enemy is gonna have his way with you because he's seeing his nature in you. Let me tell you something, what I have found Before I give in to temptation, I know this is very simplistic. If you can take a moment and pray, just pray. Pray in the spirit. Men of God, I'm just gonna say it. I know everyone's gonna look at me crazy. It's impossible to look at pornography and pray in tongues at the same time. Pastor Brent, I'm done. It's impossible. What happens when you pray? because you're leaning into the grace of Jesus. What does the grace of Jesus do? Where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. Same word in thanksgiving. So when you're entitled, it's all about you and the enemy says, man, I'm gonna have my way with you because you've never learned to crucify your flesh. So if you are in an uncommon battle with temptation day in and day out, if you are addicted to whatever, drugs, alcohol, pornography, greed, ministry, that's an addiction too. It's because you are unthankful. You are unthankful. You're like, I never thought about that. Because when you're thankful, you know what you're doing? You're prescribing worth to someone else rather than yourself. You're not looking at yourself. You're not looking at your wants and your desires. You're looking at Jesus. First John says, "When we see him, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is." Anybody that has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. When you look at Jesus, he purifies you by grace because your world now is very small compared to his world. Do you see it? He is the God that gives you grace. He is the one that gives you power to overcome every temptation. But when you are unthankful and when you are entitled and you are full of yourself, the enemy will make sport of you because your nature looks exactly like his. Moving on. Say moving on. All right, number four. Number four. Ready? Let me go over it again. If you are entitled, you might just be living like the devil. Number two, if every conversation you have revolves back around to you, you might just be living like the devil. Number three, if you're always, and I'm not talking about the sporadic temptation that we all go through, I am talking about being bombarded day and night by temptation, you gotta look in here. You gotta look in here and you have to be honest with yourself of what's going on in your inner world. If you're always in an uncommon battle with temptation, you might just be living like the devil. Number four, this is so good, you ready? Practical, practical, practical. Number four, if you're always fighting with your spouse, you might just be living like the devil. Come on, somebody. Come on, Gerald Jackson. Preach with me, bro. Come on. If you're always fighting with your spouse, you might just be living like the devil. You want me to tell you why? Watch this. Let me just give you a little... Give me a little little something we all go through. Come on, I know it's in your house too. Don't deny it. Husbands come in working 12 hours. You come in, starving. You want your wife to ask you about your day. You've been on your feet for 12 hours by God. Man, I, I put food on this table. I pay the light bill, I pay the mortgage. Do you see me? And wifey says, I cooked that food, it took me five hours to do it, you better like it. So you have wifey saying, look at me, look what I've done. Husband says, look how hard I've worked, fight. you wanna know why? Entitlement. What, 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 what if we did this? Suck it up, buttercup, husband. You come in, don't matter how tired you are, how much you've done, Your day might've been hell, but you say, I'm gonna give grace to my wifey because God, this food smells good. And I know that she's labored over this for hours. And I'm gonna say, babe, thank you for what you've done today. It looks absolutely amazing. You know what you've just done? You've given grace and you've disarmed the power of the wicked one. And wifeys, you know what's smart? is when your husband's filling his face and he's not hangry anymore, you know? That's part of the battle, he's worked for 12 hours, had not had time to eat, so he's hangry, right? Yeah. He stuffed his face and your wife's like, hey babe, I appreciate you working so hard for the family. Thank you so much. Thank, a simple thank you on both parts, but you know who goes first? Husbands, you go first. Well, if she would thank me, I'd thank her. No, 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 Tough guy. You thank her first. You always go first. You lead the way. You're, what do you think headship means? Doesn't mean dominance and control. You know what it means? It means you go first. Headship means you go first. And this is the thing. Where the mind goes, where the head goes, guess who follows? The body follows. She is now bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. Ephesians chapter 5, quoting the words of Adam. You go first, she's going to go first. But listen, you act crazy, she's going to act crazy. Men of God, I'm just going to say it. If your wife's depressed and she's broken and she's walking around with her head down, that's on you. You want to know why? Because it says that she is the image of you. She is the reflection of your glory she is your garden if you're not tending your garden and you're not washing her by the washing of the water by the word of god to present yourself a bride without spot or wrinkle that's on you don't send her to a therapist because she's depressed love her as christ loves the church and watch her come alive i got a scripture for you first peter first peter chapter 3 First Peter chapter three. Oh my gosh, I'm dripping. I have an undershirt on too. I I mean, come on. The more I sweat, the more anointed I am. Amen. I'm just playing. See, that was entitlement. Gosh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. First Peter chapter three. First Peter chapter three. Watch this. First Peter chapter three, verse seven. I'm I'm just harping on husbands today. You want to know why? Because I ain't a bride, I ain't a wife. I only know my part. Okay. I'm going to concentrate on my part, not your part. If I do my part, you're going to do your part. So 1 Peter chapter 3 verse 7. Husbands likewise dwell with them with an underst- with understanding giving honor to mayo value thanksgiving grace to mayo. It means a worthy estimation, valuation, giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel and as being heirs together of the grace of life. Watch this that your prayers not be unanswered. Yeah. I can't hear God. You hate your wife? I can't hear God. You have unforgiveness towards your wife? I can't hear God. Are you entitled thinking that she should thank you for everything that you're doing and you refuse to see everything that she's doing and giving grace to her? Listen, if your prayers are not answered, man of God, Peter is diagnosing you right here. You have to look at your marriage. You have to look at your marriage because you wanna know what your marriage is? It's the best presentation of the gospel that the world can see. It's the best presentation of the gospel that the world can see. You wanna know why I follow pastor, Tom and Brenda? It's not because they've been doing ministry for 40 years. It's because they have a healthy marriage for 40 years. You know why I honor my mom and dad? It's because I've only seen my dad with one woman and my mom with one man and they've been faithful for over 50 years. We have to look in here instead of out there. If you're looking at everyone else around you as the problem, you're the problem. Because it's, remember, they're living in my world. Can everyone stand up? It wasn't long, but I feel like it was spot on, amen? Amen. Come on. (laughs) Amen. Thank you for joining us for the New Hope Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast or other resources, visit newhopeonline.com.